You're listening to The Martial Brain, the podcast that explores the intersection between the martial arts, science, critical thinking, skepticism, and that wacky organ that floats inside our skulls in a pool of cerebral spinal fluid, making life unpredictably inspiring, infuriating, and sometimes just batshit crazy. I'm Jeff Westfall for The Martial Brain. The Dilemmas of the Kicker, Part 3, or This is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. The premise of this series on kicking is that these techniques present a unique set of dilemmas, or difficult choices, for the beginner. Kicks are amazing. Of all the various natural weapons of the human body, they are the heavy artillery, capable of inflicting surprisingly severe injuries. This profound power was the basis of the dilemma for beginning kickers that I described in the last two episodes. That was, should I kick hard and risk losing my balance, maybe even falling down, in a fight, or hold back enough power to assure balance, thus making my kicks almost less useful than some punches? The impressive potential power of kicking also creates the next dilemma I'll discuss. It goes like this. Now, I can either kick hard and risk doing as much damage to myself as to my opponent, or hold back some kicking power to protect my legs and feet, making my kicking game less useful. Your legs and feet are great weapons, but they're also parts of your body, which means they can feel pain and be injured. Now, this is true of all your anatomical weapons, as any experienced fighter will tell you but the various ways you can hurt yourself when kicking can be especially impressive and even gruesome. Anyone who's ever seen one of the horrifying video clips of a fighter throwing a hard round kick and then seeing his lower leg snap in two against his opponent's blocking leg, wrapping around it like a snake, can attest to that. That particular example is visceral. Not the least because, for many of us, our shins are particularly sensitive. The thought of banging your shin into the coffee table can make you cringe, much less the thought of simultaneously snapping both your tibia and fibula like twigs. But despite being sensitive, the shin remains an outstanding weapon. There are three things you need to do to make it consistently safe to use as a weapon. One is to toughen it up, mostly through diligent tie pad and heavy bag training. This will accustom the skin and subcutaneous soft tissue to the impact. Repeated impact also has an effect on your bones. Assuming that the blows are not hard enough to break or crack your bones, through repetition and over time, the blows force the bone to adapt to the stress by growing both thicker and more dense, becoming more formidable weapons. In addition to toughening the shin, it's important to learn to strike hard with it while not striking hard with the foot, especially the part of the foot out closer to the toes. This can be tricky to do since your foot is connected to your shin, right next door to it, if you will. Diligent drilling on the heavy bag, tie pads, and more carefully with human partners will help you develop this skill. In addition to learning to strike with the correct body part, 
it's important to carefully select the correct part of the opponent's body to target for your kick. Now this is important for two reasons. The first is that some body parts are more vulnerable to damage than others. And of course, you want to wring the maximal amount of damage from your kick. The second is the one that's more pertinent to this discussion, and that's selecting parts of your opponent's body to kick that are less likely to injure your kicking leg or foot, and conversely, avoiding the parts that are more likely to do so. This most especially means avoiding thick, unyielding, bony surfaces, like sharply bent elbows and knees, and one of the worst places to kick, the iliac crest. That's that point of bone that pokes out at each side of the front of your hips. Kicking to that particular target once landed me in the emergency room. This concept of target selection is one of the reasons that the thigh is a fantastic target for round kicking with your shin. On nearly all adults, the thigh is at least a foot long. It displays no exposed bony surface from just above the kneecap at the bottom to just below the iliac crest at the top. I encourage my beginning kickers to aim their kicks at the very middle of the thigh. This means that even if their aim is off by four or five inches, they are still unlikely to slam their shin or foot into bone. No other body part offers this much sensitive target area combined with such a large margin of error. As a matter of fact, there's not even one that comes close. Now so far I've only described kicking without injury when using your shin as the striking surface for the kick. Of course other parts of the leg and foot are used in kicking as well. In each case the rule of striking with the correct part of your body to the correct part of the opponent's body still applies. There's an important additional element of safety though when kicking with parts of your foot instead of your shin. You see, your shin bone doesn't appreciably change as a striking surface, no matter how or how much you relax or contract the muscles that control your foot and ankle. That's just one more reason that the shin is an outstanding weapon. But if you're striking with part of your foot, a new skill set enters the equation. These are the skills of properly shaping your foot for the particular kick in question by contracting some muscles and relaxing others. For example, when throwing a thrusting front kick like the teep of Muay Thai, you want to simultaneously plantar flex your ankle, that's fancy anatomical talk for extending your foot out straight like a ballerina pointing her toes, and extend your toes, and that means curling them back, unlike the ballerina. If you do this right, you form a perfect striking surface out of your forefoot, while reducing the chance of injury to your toes. If you wish to throw a side kick, you need to be aware that the tremendous force that it generates can do a real number on your ankle ligaments or your Achilles tendon if you don't strongly dorsiflex your ankle. And that's fancy anatomical talk for bending your foot back towards your shin. This puts your Achilles tendon under tension, which helps to protect it from injury. So the secrets to minimizing your chances of self-destruction while kicking include learning to kick accurately while still kicking hard, learning to kick with the precisely correct part of your leg or foot while holding it in precisely the right shape, and learning your anatomy so that you know which parts of the opponent's body yield the best results when kicked, but also which parts can damage your kicking leg or foot.
That does it for today's dilemma. Next time, we'll discuss the dilemma that's expressed when your student asks you, Uh, excuse me, Sensei, what if he grabs my leg? Anyway, that's what I think. But I could be wrong. Let me know what you think, and check out old episodes of the Martial Brain podcast at my website, rpmartialarts.com. I'm Jeff Westfall for the Martial Brain. The Martial Brain is produced by Raging Squirrel Productions in association with the Rising Phoenix Martial Arts Academy. If you like the podcast and would like to help it grow, go to iTunes or Stitcher and give it an honest rating and review. Contact me with questions about the Martial Brain or about the Rising Phoenix Academy at my website, rpmartialarts.com.